This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good evening. I'm glad we could all make it out tonight, and it's me and Evan's hope and prayer that something we study tonight will be edifying as well as beneficial. Me and Evan are both going to be talking about two parables. The parable I'm going to be talking about is the rich man and Lazarus. So let's start by reading that parable. Starting in Luke 16, verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one, though one rise from the dead. So to summarize this parable, There are two men. One is rich, has many earthly possessions, but spiritually he was poor. He does not have a relationship with God. The other man is poor worldly. He has nothing. He is sick, but he has a relationship with God. He is spiritually wealthy. Both men end up dying, but they end up in different locations, one in heaven and one in hell. And the rich man realizes that there is no escape out of hell. And as he tries to have Abraham warn his brothers, he realizes that he cannot. I've titled my lesson tonight, Spiritual Bankruptcy, because I feel that it fits the point that Jesus was trying to make in this parable. And I have four points I'd like to discuss tonight. The first being that wealth or riches do not indicate spiritual maturity, nor do they indicate that we have spiritual favor or blessing in this life. The rich man, he was materialistically rich and wealthy, but spiritually he was poor and bankrupt. Though this rich man dressed in fine linen, purple clothes, lived in extreme luxury, his outward appearance did not match his inward condition. One indication of his spiritual state was his indifference to Lazarus, who lied at his gate every day begging, and he did not show any compassion to him. The rich man had no compassion. He had no love and he had no sympathy to Lazarus or to anyone. In your personal life, what are you pursuing? Are you pursuing after riches and wants of this world, after wealth, at the expense of your own relationship with God? Are you measuring your spiritual condition based on your earthly possessions and wealth? Scripture says that we should do otherwise. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, 
says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Also in Mark 8, 36-37. Mark 8, 36 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? As it says here, our earthly belongings and wealth have no true value. They have no value in the end. Our true wealth is spiritual only. My second point is a contrast of the, or a parallel to the first point. Just like wealth does not indicate our spiritual state or our spiritual blessing or favor in the eyes of God, poverty does not indicate a spiritual unfavor in the eyes of God. It doesn't indicate that we are cursed. Lazarus was extremely poor. He lived on the crumbs of the rich man. He also had sores all over his body, indicating that he had some kind of illness. As a beggar, Lazarus was clearly in the lowest social status, and the world did not care about him. Especially not the rich man. A person might would be tempted to believe that God was unfavorable to this man, or God unfavored him and cursed him, but that is not true. We can see that Lazarus went to heaven, as Jesus says, and he had a strong relationship with God, even though he was lacking with his worldly possessions. The fact that he was living in poverty did not indicate that he was poor in spirit. For Lazarus to go to heaven, he obviously had a sound and genuine relationship with God. In your personal life, are you lacking? Are you looking at your poor financial situation and assuming that God is angry with you or that you're unfavorable in his eyes? Are you persuaded that people that are poor are probably in that state due to a bankrupt faith? The Bible tells us that this is a false belief. Let's read Luke 12, 15. Luke 12, 15 says, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Let's also read 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we have brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. It says that true contentment is not found in our earthly possessions. True contentment is only found in God. My third point is that how we live in our lifetimes affects where we spend eternity. Even though he was rich and wealthy on earth, the rich man did not have a relationship with God. If he did, he would have treated Lazarus better. The rich rich man's wealth was not evidence that he would spend eternity in heaven. Instead, his life choices on earth sent him to eternal torment. Lazarus, on the other hand, suffered on earth, but he ended up with an eternal home. This clearly indicates that even though Lazarus lived in poverty and suffering, he had better life choices and devoted his life doing something more meaningful, a life serving God, and that was why he was rewarded. In your personal life, what kind of choices are you making? Do you know where you'll spend eternity when you die? Are you making choices that have an eternal benefit? Or are you making choices that gratify the flesh only and have no long-lasting benefit? Let's read Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The final point I'd like to touch on is that judgment is permanent. 
There are no second chances and there's no way to escape. Abraham told the rich man that no one can walk out of hell. Also, we discovered from Abraham's statement in Luke 16, 26, that nobody who's in heaven can travel into hell or vice versa. Being in eternal punishment means that there is no second chance when a person dies. As long as a person is alive on earth, they have many, many chances to repent, many chances to change their lives. However, that chance is no longer there when that person dies. Our riches and possessions do not determine our judgment. It is only through belief and repentance that we can be saved. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In your personal life, are you resisting Jesus? Are you refusing to repent and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you aware that life is short and that we can die at any moment from a variety of causes? Therefore, it is important for us to trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Don't take that risk any longer. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So ask yourself tonight, which person am I from this parable? Am I the poor man, Lazarus, who despite his wretched appearance and horrible quality of life, had faith in God and was rewarded with a heavenly home? Or are you the rich man, too focused on himself and his personal gain to consider the need of others? Too focused on himself to have a relationship with God? Are you spiritually bankrupt? I'd like to leave you with one final reading to reiterate what I think the main point of this parable is. That we must take heed as to where our true possessions lie. Let's reread Matthew 6, 19-21 to close. Matthew 6, 19-21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Thank you for your time. I'll turn it over to Evan. First off, I just want to say thank you all for being here tonight and taking the time out of your lives to be here to hear me and Caden speak, and we're both grateful that you've all made an effort to be here. And I'm sure God is also very grateful that you've all come here to worship him together and learn from a portion of his word. I want you all to ask yourselves, are you a sheep or a goat? And if you're not sure how to answer this question, think about this. Jesus is our shepherd. A sheep knows how much it needs its shepherd. So it follows, him clo- it follows its shepherd closely so, that it, so the shepherd can lead it to the grass it needs to survive. And it follows its shepherd's commands. Goats, on the other hand, are very rebellious. And they'll do whatever they want whenever they want. Goats are even known to eat trash. Now, ask yourself again, are you a sheep or a goat? And I want you all to keep that question in mind as we read the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. 
and he shall separate the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when, when saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? And when we saw thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when we saw thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to me, and as much as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. In this parable, Jesus states that when he comes back, he will divide the sheep from the goats. He will separate those who followed him closely from those who rebelled from him. Jesus says in this parable that the sheep will go on his right hand and that the goats will go on his left. He will say to those on the right, go and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And to those on the right, he will say, depart from me, ye cursed. And depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I would assume you all agree with me that being a sheep on the right hand sounds a lot better than being a goat on the left hand. So the question is, how can we be sheep? How can we be faithful followers of Christ? And how can we avoid being a goat? One key difference between sheep and goats is their diets. Sheep feed on only the grass that the shepherd leads them to. And we can relate the grass to our life. We can, re- we can relate it to God's word and all the good things in our life that God would want us to do. And we could relate the trash or the thorns that the goats will go rebel and go off on their own to chew on to bad movies or bad music or anything that could be a bad influence to us spiritually. Jesus says in the parable of the sheep and the goats that those on the right hand gave him meat when he was hungry. They gave him drink when he was thirsty. They took him in when he was a stranger and they clothed him when he was naked. They visited him when he was sick or in prison too. Now, obviously, we can't just walk up to Jesus and offer him a piece of meat. But that's not exactly what Jesus was telling us to do. In verse 45, he says, Inasmuch as ye did it not unto one of the least of these, ye did it not unto me. 
Jesus is comparing himself to the hungry, thirsty, impoverished, sick, and imprisoned. All of these people are in needs, and we can help these people with these needs. In order to be a faithful follower of Christ, we need to show kindness to those who offer us nothing in return. I'm going to leave you with this question. Are you a sheep, faithfully following Jesus? Or are you a goat, rebelling and chewing on spiritual trash? We offer an invitation, so if you'd like to be baptized for the remission of your sins, or if you would like to request the prayers of the church, please come forward as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.